0: Welcome, everyone, to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney, and I'm very excited today to bring you another powerhouse person in the studio, and that is my friend, my colleague of, I'd say, almost 20 years. She can correct me on this, but I know we look incredibly young, but <laughs> Elaine Portcher is here. Yay, Elaine! Not only have Elaine and I worked together for a number of years with leadership program, she is also a positive psychology coach, and she runs retreats, seminars, workshops, Um, She's an incredible person to go into any environment and help you discern what it is that you need more of to bring out the best in yourself or in your team or in your friends or whoever you're hanging out with. And inevitably, when you're around Elaine, or Elaine is in the office, we are laughing hysterically. So Elaine may laugh just as much as me. <laughs> and so I, whether we're talking about her distaste of avocados, or if we're talking about how much she loves food and wine and cocktails and, you know, or how much she wants to help young people in some of the schools we work in. Anyway, it's a range of things you can talk to with Elaine, but today we're going to talk to her about two things that I think are her absolute starlights, and that is strengths and focusing on people's strengths to get a lot out of them, and also how that relates to growth mindset, which a lot of you... I know have heard about it's been talked about so much in the past really the past decade but Elaine's here because we've been doing a series, Elaine, I don't know if you know this, but we've been doing a series of different assessments because it's so popular, right? To use assessments, whether it's for work or for yourself personally, to get more of a sense of your own awareness of yourself and how you work with others, right? Increasing emotional intelligence and social intelligence. So we've been going through a bunch of different assessments. And one of the ones that Elaine introduced to us and our company is a strengths-based assessment from via insights and it's a character strengths assessment. And I'll let her talk about that in a minute, but we're going to talk about where that might be good for you to do as an individual or for you to bring in to your organizations to do depending. And I have a couple of questions for her about that. And then how that relates to this whole idea of growth mindset and what people are seeing in terms of Oh, how powerful that can be for ourself and our personal growth and also our workplaces. So welcome Elaine Porcher.
1: Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. I love that glowing introduction. And Christine, you and I have worked together for like 23 oh my years. It's can amazing. you believe that? It's just like unbelievable. I, or maybe it's 22. Anyway, <laughs> a long time. Long time. <laughs> so yes, yes. Thank you. And I love, love, love talking about strengths, how our strengths support us in our everyday regular life, but also how our strengths support us in our work life. And I think it's a thing that's underestimated in the world on how our strengths really help us to feel great about what it is that we're doing and feel good about work, and love the work that we do. So yeah, love talking about strengths.
0: So maybe let's define it for people first, mm-hmm. right?
1: So what do we mean
0: when we're talking about, when you're talking about a strength? You know, people always say in their you know annual reviews, that there's going to be a piece about your strengths and your weaknesses and your challenges right. or whatever you want to name it. How do you define a strength, let's say, in this case?
1: Okay. So in this case, we're thinking of strengths as abilities or skills or talents. So some of the skills that we have, whether it's communication or building relationships, research, even some of the strengths that we have, or some of the abilities that we have, we use these as, as part of our talent toolkit. And as So if I can kind of talk a little bit about the strengths that I love working with is the VIA Institute has a set of 24 strengths that they have done research on and deemed that all humans possess all 24 strengths. And within these strengths, they're broken down into different categories like wisdom, courage, humanity, justice, temperance, and transcendence. But within that, there are like a whole bunch more strengths. So there's curiosity, creativity, bravery, zest, love, all all of these lovely, lovely strengths. Well, we are using all of these strengths every day. However, some of us thrive in a few of these strengths. So we like to call them our top strengths. And in those top strengths, If we're using those strengths, we are our best selves. We are flourishing and our light is shining bright. So for instance, the VIA Character Strengths Study has an assessment, the the VIA Institute's assessment that I've taken, and my top strengths are love, humor, and social intelligence. So there's no surprise that one of my top strengths is humor, ha ha ha. (laughs) because I tend to think that I'm funny, as do you (laughs) anyway. (laughs) But yeah, so that means when I'm using humor, or I'm using love, or I'm using social intelligence, I'm feeling great about myself, I'm feeling great about the world, and I'm able to make stronger connections, right? So that's me like everywhere. However, if I'm using that at work in the work that I do, I am thriving. And also the folks around me can see that I'm thriving in that strength. So then there's almost like a symbiotic relationship where the folks that see I thrive in that strength will then work with me in that strength. So you mentioned that in the office, when I'm talking and laughing, like we're all laughing together, right? This means that everyone in our office knows that one of my top strengths is humor. So they kind of feed into that. And then I feed off of that. And I'm able to use that in the work that I do.
0: Right. I love that. You know, one of the researchers that I love, 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 I have a a research crush on many people, but one of them is Marcus Buckingham. (laughs) And, and yes. Ashley Goodall, and they wrote a book called Nine Lies About Work, as well as developed mm-hmm. Gallup's, I, th- I think they worked with Gallup on their Strength Finder's work. Yes. And one yes. of the things I find interesting is the way that he defines it is that simply that a strength is an activity that strengthens you, and a weakness is an activity that weakens you, even if you're good at it. And that is what got me. I was like, What? Because I always right. thought of weakness as stuff that I kind of suck at. And turns out that there are things that even though I'm good at and people give to me because they think, oh, she could mm-hmm. do that, right? Why do I feel right. tired and exhausted after doing it? Case in point, mm-hmm. I actually am a pretty good cook. <laughs> Nobody knows this <laughs> because I try to keep it very secret. Because as <laughs> Elaine knows, my husband is an amazing cook and chef. And I'd much rather that that dynamic stay in place. And so, (laughs) but occasionally, because that's his love language, I cook for him if he's at the, you know, at the office one day, I'll try to cook him like last night a roast chicken or whatever. But me cooking a roast chicken is exhausting. You know what I mean? And it turns out good and he loves it. But like when he cooks a roast chicken, he loves it. He feels relaxed. He feels zen. He's in a better mood. And I would say that is his strength. And it is my weakness, even though that roast chicken
1: was pretty dang good. Right, right. And that's the thing. So you being able to make that roast chicken is kind of like what is some of us will call our competency, right? So we're able, we're competent at something, even though it's a thing that is, we don't really like doing in a sense, but we can do it well, but you will thrive in another area that you really like doing. So like Philip, Philip's strength is cooking. So Philip lights up. When he is cooking, right, but that 's the thing: these competencies or these weaknesses can drain us, and over time, even though we can do these things well, you can cook well, but you 're not you know crazy about doing it over time, it kind of chips away at your happiness, you know, and then you might one day make an excuse about not cooking you don 't want to cook, or you just now become really resentful about cooking yeah
0: i 'm writing that down
1: honey it
0: chips away at my happiness (laughs) get in the kitchen (laughs) get in there i'm writing it down lane said it she's a she's certified (laughs) psych positive psychology coach uh this is good marriage counseling all right all (laughs) right
1: That's okay. But yeah, it's true. And it's so funny how that works it at work too. Like, so Gallup, speaking of Gallup, they did a study on folks that use their strengths every day. And they were able to uncover that people who use their strengths every day enjoyed a 12% greater productivity, right? So these are folks that they're happy in what it is that they're doing. So they're doing more of it. And the interesting thing, and you know, I feel like Christine, you and I have talked about this before, when you give folks more of what they like doing at work, sometimes even if we're like overloaded and we think that we're super busy, like right now, I'm like crazy, crazy busy. But to talk about strengths, I'm like, I have time for that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that kind of feeds into more of who we are and what we want. And what we want in life. So we're happier to do more of the things within our strengths.
0: Yes. And just to pinpoint it, because I think what she's saying is so critical and it could just fly by, right? In what she's saying. So imagine this, she's super busy. Relaine and I work together. So this is a real situation, right? She's super busy at work, which by the way, I love to hear, right? But she's super (laughs) busy at work. And she's saying, me asking her to do this podcast, there's a bit of her that's like, oh, I'm so, busy. But I love talking about this. I love it. It's her strength. Therefore, she's going to say yes. And not only is she going to say yes, the rest of her very busy day will be filled with energy that perhaps wasn't there. And that energy allows you to then do more. Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall also did a study that aligns with what she's saying with the Mayo Clinic, with doctors at the Mayo Clinic, and there cannot be a more burnt out group than doctors, right? I mean, we can all pretty much agree with that, maybe nurses, but they looked at them they said, what if we, instead of taking stuff off their plate, what if we put stuff that they love, their strengths on their plate, and they called them these red threads, as if you were weaving a sweater with these red threads of love, you're weaving it into a sweater. And if you can add just 10% more red threads in your life, things that you love to do at work, you're going to see that bump in productivity and engagement in people really loving what they do and burning out less. What was interesting to me is that if they added more than 20% extra of things that they love, you saw no decreases in the burnout rates. So there's something... Wonderful about up to 20 So, like, let's say 10 to 15% would be a good way to go. Is if you're finding yourself feeling low energy, a little burned out, and you start saying, Oh, I need to just take time away or do less. Yes, that might be true. Or maybe you can just add a few things like going on Christine's podcast to be, no, but something <laughs> that you love in your work. You add 10 to 15% more, you might see a boost in productivity, a reduction in burnout. And that question that Elaine said that is so critical that I just want to underline it, you know, highlight it, underline it is, did I have a chance to use my strengths at work today? If you can answer that question as you leave the office or as you turn off your Zoom or as you get in the car to go take your kids to soccer practice, whatever it is, if you could say, did I have a chance to use my strengths at work today? Did I have a Mm -hmm. chance to use my strengths in my life today? Chances are, if you could say yes to that, you're going to be a happier, healthier person, right?
1: Without a doubt. And it's so funny that you say that because there's another Gallup study that Points to folks that use their strengths every day, asking them how likely were they to know what was expected of their work. And the folks that were able to say, yes, I use my strengths every day, were five times as more likely to say that they understood what was expected of them at work. And now what that means is if I know what is expected of me at work, I'm happier. Again, we keep talking about this concept of like happiness, right? But we all know, No, we all want to do more of what we want to do. And if we're asking ourselves that question, am I using my strengths every day? And if the answer is yes, then I'm happier at work. I understand what is expected of me and productivity is higher.
0: Yeah. And not only that, like, you know, there's something about the oneness of taking responsibility for your own happiness and your own work satisfaction and asking yourself that question. But even more importantly for you bosses out there, and there's a lot of you because I've been getting some notes from you about some thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Can your employees answer that every day? And are you doing anything to even notice it or recognize it or ask them? And one of the things that we find is that sometimes it's really hard for people to know what their strengths are. Sometimes it's really hard for you as a boss to ask. Like, I feel like sometimes if I ask that maybe they think I don't know them or I don't recognize their strengths. And what was really helpful about Elaine coming to me and saying, Hey, Christine, we did this survey through via Institute with my positive psychology course. And I'd really like to do it with the company. And I was like, okay, talk to me about it. She showed me her report. They give you a beautiful report, don't they? I mean, you get, I think Mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful report of all the reports of assessments. They (laughs) definitely win the double star in that category on the table. But she showed it to me and I was like, a company like ours would love this right? The assessment takes about how long? Would you say 20 minutes to do one? Oh, not
1: even that. It takes about a little more than 10 minutes. So maybe 12 minutes. Okay.
0: There you go. 12 12, minutes. minutes. If it takes you longer, blame Elaine. Okay. But basically, (laughs) don't overthink it, right? Because these assessments, we sometimes try to beat it, even though there's no right or wrong answer. It's just who you are, right? Right. And if you want, it's free online. You can do it. And Elaine will give you more information about that. You can do it anyway. But what's great about doing it as a company or doing it with your staff and you doing it is that then as a supervisor, as a boss, you kind of get some insight into these folks. And then you can start the conversations of, like what parts of your job light you up? How can I give right. you a 10% more of that in your day? You know? So anyway, just a little commercial right. for, for, a. Uh something that bosses can do there. Yeah.
1: Sure. And the thing about like the people that you manage, you'll notice that if you are identifying what people's strengths are and highlighting that, people feel seen. And that's what you want your staff. You want your staff to feel seen. You want your staff to know that you understand them. So when you are highlighting their strengths and having these conversations, understanding, "Oh, great, this is your strength." So I we're going to do more of this in the work that you do, uh, they will confide in you more. There's more trust that's built, right? Because we're all trying to build trust with our direct reports, right? So you want to build that line of trust and just building confidence in your staff and helping them to kind of be a little more motivated and again, just building those relationships with your staff. So, which is amazing if you can do it. So
0: what, what happens? Can you share with the audience some examples? I mean, when Elaine does this, one of the things that she does is that everyone takes the assessment. They get their beautiful r- reports ahead of time, right? They come to the workshop session and we're actually up doing stuff, right? So she has words around the room and you go stand by some of your strengths and then you learn about those. You share what those things you have in common. And it's really fun because who doesn't like to talk about what brings them energy and and what they they're good at. It. So it's all positive, right? It's all fun and positive. But what are some stories that you can remember of either when we did it or when other people did it, where something happened, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to talk about my own story. Okay. And now to talk about the positive, I have to talk about the negative. Love it. When when we do this activity and how this works is everyone in your company, or if, for instance, everyone in our company takes the assessment. I take the assessment. But what do we naturally do? Because of our negative bias, we look at our bottom strengths. So Christina and I have been talking about like our top strengths or our strengths, but what the assessment does is it ranks your your strengths. So my top strengths are love, humor, and social intelligence. But what do I do is I go to the bottom and look at number 24. What is number 24 for me? It's self-regulation. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, self-regulation. I'm overeating. I'm doing all of these things that are a detriment to myself, and I focus on that. And that's our negative bias, right? We know that our minds, in order to keep us alive, we have to have that negative bias in order to, to keep us safe. However, it can be a detriment to us because what people generally do when they take this assessment, Christine, is they always look at the bottom strength and they look at the thing that they think they're not good at or they don't have. And I make those air quotes. I'm sorry, I'm recording. I forgot you can't all see. <laughs> My little air quotes, and uh, the problem with that is is focusing on on the negative is it's harder for you to build up something that you are weaker in than something that you're stronger in and then just disseminates your, your growth mindset. However, that thing that's seemingly negative is just a strength that you're not as strong in. So it's always important to kind of just take that with a grain of salt, the thing that's number 24. But the thing that is number one, when I saw that I had humor, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, how is humor my number one strength? What am I, a clown? And I felt like Joe Pesci, you know, a la Goodfellas. Uh, (laughs) What am I, a clout? But I'm funny and everybody knows I'm funny. So... (laughs) What I did is I leaned into that. And sometimes I can tend to go a little too far, you know, with playing pranks and and such. But I had to really kind of look at that. And in being able to take a step back, I was able to see, all right, humor is a strength of mine. I need to use it responsibly and wisely, right?
0: Or very strategically. I've seen you use humor in very difficult situations. Like when we were getting into very deep conversations at work around the Black Lives Matter movement, when that started and so Mm. forth, and that it would get quite tense maybe, or, you know, we, we seemed a little stuck because it's such, such hard topics were coming up that we were discussing. I I found you use that humor of yours to kind of like bring some levity and lightness and love and social intelligence and all those other strengths to those conversations that where we were just kind of stuck in the muck and it kind of let it, it freed it up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? That we could see our humanity and be less judgmental on all of ourselves and each other, you know?
1: Right. And that's what humor can do, right? So being able to have some levity and light, especially when I'm Difficult conversations, absolutely. If I'm using the right amount of levity, I can be successful and build stronger relationships because I'm not so heavy, right? And that social intelligence piece also just kind of being tuned into folks and really kind of understanding who they are and what they need at the moment. um, That's what makes me a good coach is understanding people. So once you can kind of take a step back and look at your strengths and and see what you're already doing, right? Because what I also heard from a lot of folks is they were like, I don't do that thing. And in talking to them, we were able to see that, all right, maybe you're not making jokes every single day, but like this, like you're using a little lightness in a conversation. That's humor. So really being able to see and take a step back and and see where am I utilizing these strengths? And are these times that I light up and I I really shine when I'm doing that?
0: You just made me think of a moment, Elaine, that you're probably going to cringe when I say this, but it's really my failure more than yours, but I'm going to bring it up.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: One time we got a big opportunity. This is you know, probably 15 years ago mm-hmm. to do this big conference with this big government agency that she'll remain nameless. Who I is still know
1: a what you're going to say, Christine. Oh <laughs> and, my God. Yes. <laughs> and they said
0: to us very specifically, right. They said, don't be funny. Don't be fun. We want this to be serious. We want this to be all content. Just get the information out. Okay. The mistake that I think that I made in this moment was that I said, okay. And in doing so, I put up Elaine, as well as a couple other presenters who have done by this point, hundreds and hundreds of incredibly successful workshops and sessions for thousands and thousands of people, right? And always win them over very quickly, create rapport very quickly, and also therefore, Are educating, right? But there's a form of entertainment that helps in the education of something. Yes. I said yes to this stupid plan because I thought <laughs> I want this work. I saw the money signs. I saw the possibility. And Elaine was like, okay, all right, okay, uh, grit her teeth. And they went up there and I saw them on the stage. And me, of course, you know, she's fed to the sharks. I'm in the back, you know, comfortably, not up there on that stage. However, I'm watching her fail. Fail.
1: Oh, yeah. grandly
0: (laughs) and miserably, and I am cringing for her. I am just dying for her. Because now, every one of her strengths, humor, love, social intelligence, what was the other one?
1: Oh, those are my top ones.
0: Those are the top three. Those ones stripped away from her, and it's as if she's naked in front of a room of people up there, not able to do anything that is her strength, right? Just in your worst possible parts of yourself, you've taken away all the good, the good stuff. It was such an example. Yeah, it was cringeworthy and we failed.
1: Oh my God. I remember this story. It's so funny that you talked about this because I thought about this this week, actually. It was so weird. Totally not your fault at all. We all got that edict. And the thing about our organization is we're really social, right? And through facilitation, we facilitate with a lot of humor because we want it to be light. We want people to be entertained. We want them to have a great time and to receive information. Sometimes with a little levity, it kind of helps. So myself and the other facilitator, we were like undertakers. We had no movements. We just talked like this and we were robots. And as we looked out, I looked out into the- She's not exaggerating. Okay. I I literally (laughs) talked like this And said so what do you think partner and that person said I think this is swell so it was crazy then we knew some of the participants as I'm looking into the audience I can see some of the participants like (laughs) like what is this there's no way that we could fight against it but it's true like once someone said you can't be yourself my facilitator who is a personality is a lot like mine we were like Okay, that's what we heard. We can't be ourselves. And so we're like, then we're giving you the opposite. We could not regulate that. So imagine that someone tells you you can't be yourself, then who are you? You know, you're a separate person on stage talking like a robot. So yeah, a very, very interesting story that you brought up there.
0: And so one of the things that I took away from that that I try to remember now when I'm put in situations and it just happened quite recently actually where someone asked me not to do anything that was interactive with the group just to give out chalk talk as we say, you know, just to like give out the content with no interaction, uh which I know goes against really the way people learn. And my goal in life is for us to all be lifelong learners of leadership, right? That it is not something you're just good at or not good at, but that we're constantly learning. And so what I have to do now when someone gives me that is to think, okay, how do I push back a little bit? And then really, how do I ask more questions of them to find out why are they saying this? So not to take it at face value, but to see where are your fears coming from and what can I do to say, listen, I want to be able to sure that I'm using my strengths for why you hired me in the first place. Right. Because they hired us because they like how we can engage an audience. But then they took away what we thought we let them do it, but they took away why we're good at engaging. And there's probably a way to do both if we just go a little bit deeper. And so that's what I'm really trying to learn from that is how do I bring those strengths, but in a way that fits the
1: need? Aha. And this is where we can enter growth mindset. So (laughs) a good way to kind of lift, we can go back in time and look at that situation and say, okay, they don't want us to be engaging. They don't want us to be funny. That's my one of my top skill sets Either I can kind of go into my other skill sets, uh, my, my top strengths, which are love and, and social intelligence, or I can try harder. I can put more effort into doing this actual act. So. What effort can I put into this task that I have to do that is going to take me to success? And the reason why I bring up growth mindset is when we're able to look at our skills or look at anything that it is that we'd like to accomplish talents and apply effort and persistence and hard work we're able to then achieve these goals. So it's kind of like looking at it a little differently. If I can go back in time, I would say that I looked at that situation with a fixed mindset because I thought Mm. there's no other way that I can do this. I'm not this person. So I have to deliver this message in this particular way. I didn't look outside the box. I didn't look for more opportunities for learning in, in this. So my mindset was fixed and that's what we got as I was a Stepford person on the stage. However, if I thought, if I put more effort into this activity and thought about this a little bit more, saw as we're going, I'm failing, but that's okay the growth mindset knows that failure is a thing that happens. You, we don't want to fail. But as I see I'm failing, I then put more effort into this activity in order to be successful.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, in order to know that about folks in your vicinity, in your office, in your friend group, in your relationships, it's so powerful. And one of the things this VIA Institute like I said you can do this for free. You just go on and can do this assessment for free. You can also if you want to do it in your workplace, you can have everybody do it there. And certainly it's I think it's better with a facilitator like Elaine that can take you through it in a fun, low stakes way where people can all learn about it. Also Gallup has a Strengths Finders which is I guess I was reading instead of 24 of these character strengths, it focuses on 34 kind of work skills and how to kind of improve work performance with that. A lot of positive psychology coaches use this via institute version. It's very good, though, for both. It was great for our company, for people looking at these parts of their personalities and how they can be used at work. So it's not like this is my home life, this is my work life, but this is who I am as a person. And don't you want people to be their full selves at work, right? And if you don't, you probably don't want them on your team, period. And that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, we have had people, just as a caveat, we have had sub companies that don't want to do this assessment because there are some conversations about spirituality. And if you're not comfortable as an organization talking about that, sometimes this can be a difficult one because that is off the table altogether. It's not religious by any means, but it does talk about spirituality as one of the strengths. And some companies have been uncomfortable with that. However, if you embrace that, this is a great one for you. We even had some churches and some groups like that that have embraced this one um, tremendously. But it's not a religious tool at all. It really talks about 24 strengths. One of the things we did notice that we probably shouldn't have listening to you is we all do go to that last page where we see what's the bottom number, right? Your What did you call that? Your negative bias. Our negative
1: bias. Yeah.
0: Which means we're kind of prone to look for the negative, right? As a way to protect ourselves. As the person who runs the company, I did notice that a lot of us had that same bottom strength, so to speak, of Of self-regulation. So I did make a note that I cannot turn us into more self-regulating people. However, when I hired and I had to hire a finance person, I'm going to find someone whose strength is (laughs) self-regulation, right? Because because in finance, that is who you really want. And instead of trying to make us that, it was more like, can we find somebody whose natural strengths are that? And then can we use that to make our company as a whole better?
1: Right, and that's just it, so what Christina is also alluding to is that when we did this assessment, we looked at the spectrum of where everyone was, so we knew what everyone's strengths and were, and we knew what the bottom strengths were as well. So when you are rounding out your company or you're rounding out your teams, it's important to have a variety of strengths so that you know one team doesn't have all humor because then you're just gonna have a bunch of clowns, right? <laughs> or another team doesn't have all bravery or another team doesn't have all kindness. So you want to mix up these strengths on teams so that you can get the best uh, possible product.
0: Yeah, and we did something called Leadership by Design, where we pulled in their VIA Institute strengths that we got, as well as what we got from Working Genius, as well as we got from DISC, as well as we got from Myers-Briggs. All of those things and put them into, for my managers, put them into a a notebook. Do you remember this back in the old days? I loved it. Now this would all be online, but, you know, put it all into a notebook and kind of studied it about each other. And it was so telling, like so interesting how much people just ate it up. People love this stuff. Right. You know, it gives us insights into people that we haven't normally had, or we don't have that luxury all the time to talk about. We're going to have further episodes with Elaine on growth mindset, which was really brought to the forefront by Carol Dweck. And so a lot of people are talking about it now and she knows a tremendous amount. And our staff gets very excited when Elaine talks about growth mindset and how so many of us think we're in one. And we have so many fixed mindsets most of the time, myself included. So if you want to know more about that and you are out there thinking, oh, I've got that down, then my friends, that's a fixed mindset. So (laughs) join us for that one. And also we're going to do an episode coming up on positive intelligence, because that's also related to a lot of the positive psychology work that Elaine does. But positive intelligence is really a combination of those things that we use in coaching, but also with organizations to get teams and individuals to kind of achieve their true potential. So look for episodes coming up on both growth mindset, positive intelligence, and maybe we'll get you to talk a little bit more in the future too, Elaine, about your positive psychology coaching, because I think that's exciting. And be sure to subscribe, follow the podcast so you can get all of these episodes delivered to your device without thinking. One of my friends said, oh, I listened to your podcast, but she thought it was just once, like one and done. I'm like, no girl you gotta be listening to me every week she's like i listen to you while i clean out my closet i'm like well start cleaning other parts of your house please (laughs) so come on guys it's be sure to subscribe follow look for more episodes if you have ideas of things you want to know more about uh let me know and there's folks that we work with that are going to be great at whatever it is. Or so we're so lucky to have worked together for so long. So Elaine, thank you. I know you're busy today, but thank you for taking the time to come in and talk about this. Thank
1: you, Christine. um, Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you. I'll see you on another episode.
0: (laughs) Awesome. You guys heard it. She agreed. Talk to you guys later. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Bye.
2: Hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease, and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sale is open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.